0: maybe you want to be blunt about this, maybe you don't, but a question is, do you take all of my money? Mm, That's a good good (laughs) question to ask, because you don't know, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a big fear for people. There's like the stigma that retirement communities do that.
1: This is a show where we'll explore what it means to retire with purpose.
2: To make a difference, to invest in your family, your community, to live to your full potential and explore abundant opportunities to live with purpose and community.
1: From Garden Spot Communities in New Holland, Pennsylvania, welcome to
2: Purpose in Retirement. Hello, I'm Juanita Fox, the storyteller at Garden Spot Communities.
1: And I'm Scott Miller, the Chief Marketing Officer.
2: Now Scott, how did you help your daughters choose their colleges?
1: Well, I have three daughters, and they all went to college, and so pretty much the way that process went was they started receiving a lot of stuff in the mail, um, and they pretty much knew right away, you know, what they were interested in and what they weren't. They'd been thinking about it, so they kind of had an idea of, you know, which schools they wanted to go to, especially considering what what they wanted to study. So they had an idea, and then, you know, like most parents you know we picked out a couple two or three and we started visiting and it was actually pretty evident um when we got there because they would go like yeah not this one (laughs) right or they would go like yeah i think this one you know is this is the one and interestingly enough i don't think any of them wound up at the school that they originally thought they wanted to go to after they had visited
2: Interesting. You know, my kids are getting to the age where we're starting to have those conversations, you know, like, do they want to go to college? Mm-hmm. What do they want to study? Yep. You know, Matt is in he's going to, he's going to be in a, a junior this year, and he's getting letters all the time. We're yeah. getting emails all the time. And, you know, it's, it's really overwhelming to even think about how you begin that process. And it's been 30 years since I've had to make that decision for myself. And it was overwhelming 30 years ago.
1: And I think in a lot of ways, choosing a retirement community can be a similar process. You know, uh, you got these campus tours, most places you can stay overnight, there's the, the financial, you know, piece of it, the application. There are a lot of similarities between choosing a um, a retirement community and choosing a college.
2: Today, we're going to talk with Kelly Swigert. She leads the sales team here at Spot Village. And while we, you know, want this to be a broader conversation about retirement living, um, we asked her to join us because she's our resident expert. Yeah, she is. And the information that she's going to be sharing really applies at any retirement community, so it's really valuable. She's gonna talk with us about tours, applications, all the questions you should ask as you make the decision. She really sees herself as a guide rather than a salesperson. Um, She wants people to make the best decisions for themselves.
1: So are you at that point where you're beginning to downsize? You know, downsizing can be a sort of a, a daunting sort of a thing as we look at all the stuff that we've collected over the years. But there's there are a lot of organizations um, to help. We have our, our Share and Care Thrift Store at Garden Spot Village, and so they'll take donations. Um, the Salvation Army, Habitat for Humanities, Restore. They take, you know, like gently used furniture and household items. Donations of clothing, shoes, accessories, that can all go to, to Goodwill. Local donations can also be taken to the the Reuse-It shop of New Holland and to CrossNet Ministries, which is located on, on Franklin Street. Kelly, thank you for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you for having me. Kelly, in this season of Purpose in Retirement, Scott and I are going to be talking to a variety of people, and we will be having conversations about the ins and outs of moving to a retirement community. We are hoping that we will be able to help them answer most of the questions you didn't know to ask about moving to a retirement community.
1: So to begin our conversation, can you just tell us a little bit about your role um, in the sales department at Garden Spot Village?
0: So I am a sales associate here. Um, So I meet with people in the very beginning of their process, coming in for tours of the community, answering phone calls, emails, um, bringing them around to see the different types of homes that we have here, getting them onto the waiting list for the future. And then eventually, my favorite part, giving them a call when we do have a future home here for them and moving them in.
1: So, you know, sometimes people compare choosing a retirement community to like choosing a college. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you think about that, what was your experience in choosing a college and how does that compare to a retirement community?
0: I think it's really similar. I actually have made this metaphor with people before coming in for the tours and checking out the culture of a community, making sure it's a good fit for you. Um, and I even talk about how like our philosophy with the activities is kind of similar to what <laughs> I remember from looking at a college. Um, like if we don't have the club you're looking for already, we can help you get that started here, finding a space, people with like interests. Um, So there is an application process as well going through that. But I always joke, you don't have to write an essay for us, which is nice. (laughs) Um, But yeah, finding the right fit for you, touring around can be very similar. Do you have advice for people who are looking for a retirement community? And maybe what are some of those questions that people should ask? Um, So one of the ones here, um, first thinking of just Finding someone else that lives there to talk to. Um, can I talk to some a resident here? A lot of times people come to me having already gotten a referral from from a friend. I think that's one of the main ways people find Garden Spot is just talking to another resident. Um, but yeah, talking to someone that lives here. You know, a lot of times with the sales, they might want the salesperson to be in charge of the whole whole visit to give you the best experience possible. But you want to get that authentic answer from the residents that live here too. Um, so I like that Garden Spot actually has residents do the tours so you can have that one-on-one on t- one time with them without a salesperson present. that you can really ask, you know, what's it really like here? <laughs> um, but if the salesperson, you ask them, can I talk to a resident and they don't seem to want to let you do that, um, to me, that's a really big red flag of like, why not? What? What don't they want me to hear? Another one we had kind of (laughs) thrown around here. Um, Maybe you want to be blunt about this, maybe you don't, but a question is, do you take all of my money? Mm, that's a good good question to ask. because you don't know, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a big fear for people. There's like the stigma that retirement communities do that. Um, So a story I like to share, I had a resident couple that met with me where the wife was really interested, the husband really was not on board yet, um, and we finally got to, in our conversations together, realizing that he truly thought that we took all of his money when he moved in here. Really. So once I gathered that that was his you know, stepping block from there, uh, I talked about how you just pay the entrance fee, you pay the monthly fee, we don't take control of the rest of your finances. We don't take your passwords, your account numbers, that sort of thing. And then I could literally see the light bulb go off in his head. Mm. He's like, oh, well, in that case, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, And they got on yeah. our waiting list soon afterwards. They live here in a carriage home now. Um, so, You know, if that was really what was keeping him, I would rather have him bluntly ask, do you take all my money so that I can say, no, that's not how it works versus sitting there and thinking this thing Mm -hmm. um, and having it stopping you from this great future you could have had. Yeah, absolutely. What what are some of the other questions that we
2: should be considering?
0: Yeah, a similar one to can I talk to a resident would be, can I see the nursing facilities? So I think that's something a lot of people don't want to think about. They want to say, "Okay, I know that it's here. I'll look at it when I need it. But it's very important, so it'd be worthwhile to see up front or at least just see how willing the staff are to take you there. Again, that could be a red flag where they say, well, I don't know, you know. I know right now with COVID, it is a little different than it used to be, um, but making sure that you can at least do a quick walk by, look in the windows, you can get a good idea of the feel of a place just walking in from there. Um, so like the households that we have here, I think it shows really well. People go in and say, okay, this feels like a home. This doesn't feel like a hospital. So even just a quick walkthrough can give you, give you what you need.
1: You know, it might be helpful to back up just a little bit and talk to us about, you know, what is a retirement community in general? Um, oftentimes people think about retirement communities and it's just healthcare. Um, but it's so much more than that, um, from, you know, what, what we know about it. So how, how do you talk to people about that?
0: Sure. Yeah. So I talk about how we're a CCRC, continuing care retirement community, or kind of one of the new terms as well as the life plan communities. They really mean the same thing. Um, the majority of the people are independent. So they're in our homes here, their apartments. Um, but the main perk of being in a community like this is that you have that access to the health care services down the road if your needs change. So you are taken care of for life. Um, we have the personal care the memory support, the skilled nursing, and then the in-home care options as well so that people can stay independent in their homes for as long as possible. Um, And then a lot of nonprofits have like a benevolent fund, something like that, so that if someone were to outlive their financial resources, there's supports for them as well.
1: And it it seems to me like a good question to ask in general is what percentage of people live in independent or residential living as opposed to health care? That gives you a good sense of the size of the community and how many people live in that independent area, um, which is where most people start.
0: Mm-hmm. You're getting a good feel of the community, is it mostly healthcare? Is it mostly independent? Um, or even asking to, uh people ask me, you know, average age of the residents there, um, or what's the mix of singles versus couples? That can be really important as well. Um, I find it's interesting, we were about 50-50 for the singles and couples. I'd say couples are more in the cottages, the homes, singles might be more in the apartments, but it is a good mix everywhere, so don't feel like you have to choose one because you're single.
1: And something, another term that you've mentioned a couple of times is uh, an entrance fee. Mm -hmm. Um, What do people get for their entrance fee, um, Mm -hmm. and how does that work?
0: So this is a very interesting concept for a lot of people to grasp because you're used to buying a home as a real estate purchase and having that equity in the home. So I know this is one people have trouble getting over of like, so I'm paying an amount that's similar to buying a home, but I don't own it. So what am I getting for that? Um, so you are getting use of the home for your entire lifetime, but then you're also getting all of garden spot and all of the amenities that we have here as well. So all the opportunities to volunteer, take part in the activities. Um, but then you're also getting the carefree lifestyle of all the lawn care, maintenance free living, that sort of thing. So I tell people, if you can't get over that big number, you know, put, put down all of the incidentals that you have to pay for for your home for the year. Over that time, you know, if the home needs a new roof, new refrigerator, all of this is covered by Garden Spot. And another thing to think of, too, is you're kind of paying for the amount of time that you're living here also. So we're 55 and over. If you move in here at 55, you're going to be living here 30, 40 years. Um, Taking that amount over that period of time can make that big chunk of money feel like more value.
1: And so you just mentioned a monthly fee. So then what's the monthly fee?
0: So the monthly fee you can think of as more of your day-to-day expenses that you have now. So take all of the bills that you pay and add that up. Um, And a lot of times when I show people the monthly fees here, it is much less than they pay, especially with property taxes. In certain areas, that can be a big one. But it also streamlines your bills too. Basically, everything's paid directly to Garden Spot and it's a fixed electric or heat. So over the summer, you can keep the AC going as much as you want, and everything's covered just on the same amount for the whole year. Now, something to think about and something we can talk about with the application process, too, is that our monthly fees do rise each year with cost of living. Um, And that is something we take into account when people apply, making sure that their income would cover how that would rise in the future.
1: One, one comment that I would make, yeah. you know, sort of along the lines that you were talking about is that you had mentioned the way that you're familiar with monthly fees, you know, operating mm-hmm. there. That is one of the questions to ask because in some places, electric may or may not be covered. Water and sewer may or may not be covered, right? And so it's good to ask about what goes into those monthly fees so that you get a sense of mm-hmm. additional out-of-pocket expenses that you might have once you live there.
0: Mm-hmm. What's covered and what's not. Yeah, and then there is also we are the fee for service type of monthly fee, which means that it does not include the healthcare services until you need them. So at the time that you were to need personal care, memory care, skilled nursing, the rate would change and would increase at the time that your needs have increased. So you will ask if a community is the fee for service type of payment model, or the other one is called life care, which may be two to three times more upfront in the independent living, but it's Including the healthcare costs, so it will not rise at the time that you move to a healthcare area. So usually, that's one of the first decisions people make. Is what makes the most sense to me, um, choosing off of that payment model.
1: And I'll just express my bias here, which <laughs> is why pay for something if you don't think you, if you don't know if you're ever going to need it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm obviously biased towards the fee for service. Um, however, many many people do choose the life care because there's a security in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you know that you don't have any additional expenses over the course of time, right? Mm-hmm.
2: So let's say I'm I've visited a number of retirement communities. You know, I'm ready to put in my application
0: a couple different places. What does that process look like? What can I expect? Um, so our paper application has about I think six pages to it. I've heard some say that there's a thicker stack other places. Um, So uh, you'd fill out, you know, about yourself, contact information, your hobbies, that sort of thing. But then we do a deep dive into your finances. So it's, it's pretty much broken down, you know, what's the value of your current home? Do you have any rental properties, 401ks, that sort of thing. So it's easy enough to, to follow. Um, it is interesting sometimes where people haven't really sat down and put together all of their assets into one place. So it can be really eye-opening. To have it all there. Um, So we do kind of run it through this model that we have based off of someone's finances because we have this benevolent fund that we offer to people if they were to run out of money in the future. So we want to make sure we're good stewards of that fund and looking into people's finances, making sure they wouldn't be high risk of needing supplemented income for a long period of time. So we look into someone's age, how long they may be living in the community. We look into the entrance fee of the home of their choosing. You know, someone that's interested in a studio would need less to qualify than someone that's looking for our biggest 2,800 square foot home. So that's the nice thing is that there is something for everybody, every price range. I have people that ask me a lot for like a lump sum of like, what's a good number that I should have in my assets to qualify? And I'm always so hesitant to give them a number because I don't want someone to think that they couldn't have qualified when they really could have. Um, so we look into their age, we look into the uh, monthly income that they have, making sure that they can afford the increases that we might have in the future, but also that they have money above and beyond our monthly fee to pay for groceries or, you know, healthcare expenses or going on vacation. Um, so there's a lot of factors there and I can sit down with people afterwards and actually look at the report. So we spend it down to kind of a bottom dollar at the end of someone's life, how much money we may think they have left. Um, So that can be a good decision-making factor if you're between, should I go for a bigger home? How does that change my bottom line Um, versus maybe I want to spend a lot of time traveling and I'd rather have this more cost-effective home so that I'd have a better income for my other expenses.
1: Just in talking to us, um, it sounds like you are much more of a counselor than a salesperson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel feel that way. You know, getting to know people and their situations here. Yeah, finding the best fit for them, what they want to do with their retirement years.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you sort of guide them through it. Mm-hmm. You know, another question that comes in with the application process is: so how long does this generally take? Um, you know, how how quick could it be? How long might it take?
0: usually tell people like a a week or two before they'd hear back. Um, So all of our applications are approved by our sales manager, um, by our chief marketing director here, um, our CEO and CFO. So it does make the rounds through and then um, you will receive an acceptance letter in the mail, which does remind me of that college moment of I'm a future resident now. <laughs> um, so, and actually, our process is a little different. So, be asking too about does the application automatically put me onto a waiting list? How does that work? Because um, for ours, is this just kind of a pre-approval? You're a future resident. You start to get invited to events and things we have going on the campus to get you more acclimated, ready to move in the future. But we do have a second step Um, so if they're ready to get on the waiting list right away I recommend as soon as you get your letter give me a call and we can start our next part of the process it's really driven by me like how quickly so if I can I get that acceptance letter and if
2: I'm ready to move immediately I can reach out and do the next step or if I'm not quite sure that it's something I want to do right away I can take some time to
0: think about it and get to know the community a little better exactly yeah so that is a question I get often too you know is there any benefit of applying when I'm not ready to move for 10 years to me, I think it makes sense to apply early so that, one, you know that you're approved. I'd hate for someone to have this plan in their head. I'm going to move to so-and-so place. They've been planning on that for 10 years. They finally apply when they're ready, only to find out it wasn't a good fit. Um, and our future residents, too, we do a lot of informational sessions. So helping you get ready for those next steps, things about downsizing, estate planning, moving, all of that information. Um, so then you also get those invites to everything that's here on the campus. So you can really start to meet friends early. You can start to learn your way around, you know, such a big place here. I always recommend starting like a volunteer opportunity, even if it's one day a month, something like that, you can really learn your way around. It helps to be here ahead of time and get yourself prepared for next steps.
1: And I think just as a final comment, we were talking about that. I know from some of the research that, that we do that the average length of time typically for someone who is ready to move or thinking about a retirement community is about three years. That is in from an industry average. That's the number that I've heard. Um, Just observing what happens. For some people, they make the decision and three months later, they live in a retirement community. Other people, they start looking around and eight or nine years later, they start that process. So it's really as one need to set up to you, correct?
0: Yeah, and it's interesting too with like our radar screen um, and the timing that we have for our wait lists. You do kind of have to make the decision before you're ready, which is kind of tough. Um, People wait until... Till they're ready to move tomorrow, then then turn around to say, oh, it's gonna be a few years, wait. So it is something you have to plan ahead for. A lot of the communities, or a lot of the good communities do have quite a few years wait. So that is something, start looking, it's never too early.
2: That goes back to the college application process, right? Because you start looking as, you know, a sophomore Mm -hmm. in, in high school, and you begin to tour the different colleges that you're interested in, you apply, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get the financial piece taken care of, and then you finally move in. So colleges offer orientation. What happens at a retirement community? Is there a similar process for onboarding new residents?
0: Yeah. um, And even say before you move in as a resident, we have the option to do a trial stay. So that kind of reminds me of my college orientation where you come and you stay in the dorm (laughs) for a night or two. Um, So we do have a guest apartment. It's a fully furnished studio apartment that you could stay in. Um, We offer a free night and some free meals or people can pay the guest room fee to stay for a week, a long weekend. So I think that's really helpful for people to get a feel of what day-to-day the life is like on the community. So I always recommend that for people who are on the fence, especially maybe about an apartment. Um, they've maybe never lived in an apartment or when they were just starting out in their married life. Um, so getting feel of what it's like to just, everything's right here outside your door, which is really nice. Um, So yeah, trying that out. But then also after you're moving in, we have some orientations with you. We have our village life orientation, which is run by our activities department and our social workers. So starting to get you involved with all the different opportunities that we have here on campus. We have you set up with a village greeter, which is one of your neighbors that'll call or stop by. Say, hey, I'm just down here. If you have any questions, feel free anytime. Um, So trying to get that right balance of you're still moving in and we want to make sure you time but also feeling welcome and having opportunities here. And that would be true across the board for other retirement communities too that they might have some kind of orientation process. Yeah because it can be a big big life change you know moving from your your home into a community like this so the good communities would have a an orientation process instead of just here you are. Right yeah. Okay, so that's another good question to ask. Is there is there a process for me when yeah, I when what's I it finally look like get here when I move in? Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Not many people ask that. They ask me everything leading up to moving in, but not as much like once I'm here.
1: There was a just a to toss in a, another comment here. There was a focus group that was done a bunch of years ago with residents after they had moved in, and the question that was asked of them was what do you what do you wish you would have asked before you moved here Mm -hmm. and somebody spoke up and said you know it's really good to ask about the leadership team to find out what the leadership team is like like you know do you want do you want to be able to you know go and talk to the ceo um Mm -hmm. is that important to you and is that is that something that can be done or you know do you never see the executive team um and and so just finding out what what that leadership is like They said it was very, very important. They hadn't thought about it, Mm -hmm. um, but they discovered that it is really important, um, something to ask about.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's something unique about Garden Spot here too, is just the amount of opportunities you have to be face-to-face with the leadership team. The town meeting that we have each month where each department keeps everyone caught up and everything going on. We have the coffee and conversation twice a month um, where it is the upper management there. You can ask them anything you want. (laughs) Um, And even just the open door policy in general here I think is pretty unique. Do you have any
2: additional advice you would you would give to people? We've talked about a lot of different things but is there anything else that you were thinking of that you would definitely want to encourage somebody to ask while they're doing their tours of retirement
0: communities? And even just saying, you know, what should I be asking? Um, so I have a lot that will ask that as well and I try to fill in you know, I usually get similar questions in similar parts of what I'm talking to with people. So if they don't ask me the question, I say, usually people ask me this here, so I want to make sure I cover those bases with them. But again, not everybody might be thinking of that. So yeah, just asking, what what have I missed? What, what, are, what do other people ask at this point that I'm not asking you?
1: Well, very good. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thanks.
2: If you think a move to a retirement community may be a someday thing for you, we invite you to start your exploration with us. A couple ways you can connect with us, check out our website at gardenspotvillage.org, join us for an informational look and learn, or take a campus tour, either in person or virtually. We'd love to explain the differences between 55 plus communities and continuing care retirement communities, as well as fee for service and life care. If GardenSpot isn't geographically close enough to be an option, that's okay. Feel free to use our community as a standard as you search for a retirement community near you. Learn more at gardenspotvillage.org. Kelly answers some great questions I would have never thought to ask or actually would have been embarrassed to ask. Mm, yeah. you know, Especially that question about finances. It mm-hmm. is a huge myth that you have to hand over all of your finances when you move to a retirement community.
1: It is. Um, Well, we summarized the five main ideas from our conversation with Kelly in a PDF. The PDF is entitled Five Ways Choosing a Retirement Community is Like Choosing a College, and the link is in the podcast description. So those five ways are number one, campus tours, number two, talking with the residents, three, exploring ways to get involved, four, finding the right fit, and five, waiting for your acceptance letter.
2: Before we go, let's not forget our giveaway.
1: So if you contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, in the next two weeks, we will enter you into a drawing for an autographed copy of Margaret Novak's recently released book, Squint, Revisioning the Second Half of Life.
2: Again, if you're interested in a free copy of Margaret's book, please contact us through gardenspotcommunities.org and we'll enter you into a drawing.
1: Wow, you know what, Juanita, this is our final episode for this season of Purpose in Retirement.
2: It's been great to talk with so many experts this season, from Brad Breeding to Margaret mm, yep. Novak and Carol Lehman, plus we have Liz Givens, Sheryl Lynn, and today's episode with Kelly Swigert. We've learned so much.
1: And we'd like to invite everyone to stay tuned for our next season of Purpose in Retirement, which we plan to launch in the spring of 2022.
2: We'll be talking with more inspiring people who are doing amazing things in our community and around the world.
1: Thank you for listening to Purpose in Retirement. I'm Scott Miller.
2: And I'm Juanita Fox.
1: A special thanks to Kelly Swigert for joining us for this podcast.
2: Our senior producer and host is Scott Miller.
1: Our co-host is Juanita Fox. Our producer is Gavin Souter, and our audio engineer is Jen Miller.